The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, happy Saturday. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week podcast. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Steven Serta. All's quiet around the NFL, especially in Chiefs Kingdom right now, but we still are coming up with some conversations here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network to keep you busy while we eagerly await the updated training camp schedule. Can't wait to get up to St. Joe this year. But we'll begin today's show with Chiefs Coast to Coast. Mark Gunnels had a popular tweet this week when he put out his top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. The guys discussed that. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, it's the Great British Chiefs show. They discussed the five most influential players, coaches, and staff members for the Kansas City Chiefs over the last decade. That's all coming up on today's Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week. Mark Gunnels tweeted this out yesterday and it's the top 10 quarterbacks heading into the season uh, and i'm going from one to ten or should i go from ten to one I'll, I'll go from ten to one yeah do it like that make it more dramatic yeah yeah on my on, on my fs1 <laughs> russell wilson is number 10 dak prescott is number nine lamar jackson matthew stafford joe burrow is above matthew stafford at six herbert Rodgers and then your top three are Brady, Allen, and Mahomes. How did you specifically get that top three in that order? Tom Brady in year 81 is the third best quarterback on your list. Josh Allen is there with uh, not much playoff success and then Patrick Mahomes at number one. Well, first of all, I mean, a lot of factors goes into this list. So I consider pretty much everything. I consider your physical attributes, you know, what things can you do that make you special? Like, what makes you dynamic? Like, for instance, Lamar Jackson, he's dynamic with his legs. Josh Allen, he's a little mixture of everything. He can run with his legs. He has power. Obviously, the arm strength. His accuracy has improved. Obviously, Mahomes can do a little bit of everything as well. But when it comes to Tom Brady, he's kind of an outlier as far as the attributes because obviously we know he's not the most physically gifted guy. But also about quarterbacking, a lot more into it as far as your IQ, your accuracy, your command at the line of scrimmage. And I just consider all of that. And you he had a good case last year of actually winning MVP. I mean, a lot of people think that he actually over Aaron Rodgers. And I know Aaron Rodgers won the last two years and people are like, how is he number four? He's won back-to-back MVPs. Well, also consider playoff performances as well when things really matter. 
And people always mention his touchdown to interception ratio, which is great. But a lot of it has to do with him not willing to take chances. And that is a negative at times because, you know, if you really watch the Packers, especially in the playoff game against the 49ers, he didn't trust anybody outside of Devontae Adams. And if you really look at the film, there's guys that are open, but he would not take the risk. So, yes, of course, his, his interception numbers are going to be low when you don't take risk. And taking risk sometimes is necessary because it kind of opens up the offense. Obviously, it makes the defense have to worry about more things. I think that's kind of what a victim of Aaron Rodgers is. All right. If you're listening to us here, we're breaking down Mark Gunnell's top 10 list that went semi-viral. I'm questioning one part of this, and I'm going to push back on you a little bit more. You said, you know, I, I consider playoff playoff success and that type of thing when I'm making these kind of lists. But you have Burrow above Stafford. Did you, did you see Super Bowl 56? Did you not catch that game? Was the TV not on that day? How can you put Burrow above Stafford when Stafford's team came out on top and got the ring? Okay, get to like after five. All those guys are kind of interchangeable, so we're kind of splitting hairs here. But the one thing I will say, since you alluded to the Super Bowl, which I'm glad you did, let's be honest. And we know the Super Bowl is always going to be like a quarterback type of MVP award, right? But and I know Cooper Cup actually ended up winning it, right? If I'm not mistaken, I think he did. But yeah. Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham actually would have won if he didn't get hurt. But besides the point, Aaron Donald made the key play of the game. I mean, if it wasn't for that last play. Jamar Chase was leaking open down the field, and Joe Burrow's going to have a game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. But, you know, just so happened, arguably the greatest defensive player of all time made a play. So I'm not going to hold that one game against them. Just the fact they even made the Super Bowl with that roster before the year. I know people look at it now because they got the receivers, and I get that. But if you look at all the projections before the year, the Bengals were picked to finish last in that division pretty much by anybody that was credible. So the fact that they even made it that far is a testament not only to Joe Burrow, but just the team in general. But he was obviously the the leading force of that. So that's why I give him the slight edge, because I think he did more with less. And I know this is I mean, look at his offensive line. I mean, he had the worst offensive line in football. I know this is a Chiefs platform, Mark, but we got to have a discussion about your number one. And I'm going to approach it based off the last time we each saw these guys play football. Uh, Mahomes at number one, why? And uh, was that an easy decision? Uh, it was relatively easy. I'm not going to say it was just a complete slam dunk, but, you know, if you want to hold that second half against him against Cincinnati, then go ahead. But I'm not going to put too much stock in one half of football, especially considering when he wasn't being put in the right positions. Because it makes no re- it makes no sense why they continue to pass the ball when they were averaging six or seven yards a carry. And if you look at the film, the Bengals were having like eight guys in coverage. So why are you passing the football? So, yes, Mahomes did play bad in the second half. There's no denying that. He even said that was his worst half of football in the playoffs. So we understand that. But he's obviously not going to critique his head coach in front of the media. So that was the biggest issue for me. And we kept talking about it over and over again after the game. Why did they stop running the ball? So, yes, that goes hand in hand for me. But if you look at just everything considered, 
He's been to four straight AFC Championship games, two Super Bowls. You know the resume. You know his talent, his ability. There's nothing he can't do on the football field. And I think people also underestimate his legs because he doesn't do it as much. But there's so many times when it's like a third and four, a third and five, and nobody's open. He does a little quick little four or five-yard run, gets out of bounds, moves the chains, like stuff like that you got to account for as well. So you look at the whole package, I don't see how you can have anybody else over Patrick Mahomes right now. I don't like I don't like that, Mark. I don't like how the narratives this offseason have been everything wrong with the Chiefs offenses. Oh, they just weren't put in the right position and everything right with the Chiefs offenses. Oh, Mahomes is the most skilled quarterback ever and look at what he can do. Nobody's more talented than him. Like Buddy has room to grow. And I'm not saying that you said that he was perfect. I know you have him at one of your lists, so I'm just offering a rebuttal to that. He did not play not only his best playoff football, it might have been his worst half of professional football. And with the game on the line in that situation, and we're talking specifically about um, the last time each of these guys was on the football field, uh, was there anything more Josh Allen really could have done <laughs> the last time his team was on the field uh, versus I think of not only the second half, but she's got the ball out of, half, out of, out of overtime, Mark. It, it, we got to start specific to the narrative around this most recent offseason and, and the second half of that game. Uh, it showed a lot of flaws in, in, in his decision-making specifically. Uh, maybe a little hubris to think, oh, I can do this by myself. And and I think specifically to that first and 10 uh, with like 10 seconds left in regulation when Kelsey comes open. Uh, the, 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 it's, not a, it's not a squeaky clean resume. And I know that's a hard thing to say on a Chiefs platform, but there, there there's room to grow entry year five. So just I'm reading between the lines here. I want to make sure I'm accurate in my assumption. So do you have Josh Allen number one? I don't know. You know, I'm not I'm not as well versed in the FS1 clickbait top ten quarterback. Oh my god. <laughs> like I, I I'm that might be some homework for me to do for the next pod is to sit down and try. First of all, Aaron, there is nothing about this list that is clickbaity. Come on. Th- this is a very Mark. fair and objective list. Come on, Doc. Are you serious? You really don't think so? Like, honestly, like, take away the you trying to joke on me. You don't think that's a fair list, honestly? I don't think Lamar Jackson was a top 10 quarterback last year. And, and, and obviously he was hurt. There was some, a lot of things around him. Came into the year with one and a half running backs. Uh, I, I don't think he was a top 10 quarterback last year. Yeah, but this is, heading, this is heading into this season. I'm not really basing it just solely off of what I saw last year. Just who do you think, if healthy, are the top 10 best quarterbacks in the league? And I don't see how you could not have Lamar Jackson on there considering how dynamic he is. And they were seven and I think three before he got hurt. And then obviously they fell off the face of the earth. So he impacts winning so much. Not the best passer in the world, but as far as his impact, he has to be top ten. Yeah, we just have we know we're different GMs, right? Like we have a different approach to the game. I think that's the crazy thing about sports is that everybody can see the game differently. It's completely subjective. Do I think that this was clickbaity? Yes. There's no subjective. How? You look like I put like James Winston in the top ten or something. Like those are all good names. How was it? It was who the account that was sent it, and I already already made my judgment on it. Wow, that's 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 <laughs> nasty. That's nasty behavior by you, man.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In recent news, it looks like Gronk is retiring again, and he's been tagged as one of the greatest tight ends of all time and an influential part of the books winning the Super Bowl in the last few years of his career, which got us thinking about Chiefs players, coaches or staff, we believe have been the most influential in the last decade or so. We've got five names, and it's up to you guys to, to listen to those five names and, and either call us absolutely crazy for saying those names or just come up with your own. Okay. These are influential for good ways, yeah? Good ways, good reasons. So we can't <laughs> say bad, bad reasons. We have like a list of long for bad ones. Bob Sutton or um, <laughs> Brady Quinn. Or who was our court? Was it Brady? Matt Castle? Matt Castle. Oh, yeah. D Ford. D Ford would have been a bad one. He's been like, think how influential D Ford is. Oh, God, yeah. Like, if you like, we get on to like the players that come in, but imagine if D Ford doesn't line up off, line up offside. Yeah. That's a good point. And think of the amount of people that keep their jobs. Yeah. If he doesn't line up offside. That would be, do you know what? We've ruined a completely different one that we could have done for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would actually about, argue just, as well. I would actually argue. I'd put Jeff Triplett in there as well somewhere. Um, <laughs> I know he wasn't on the books, but, you know. Maybe. Like, one of these we're going to put in there for good reason, but also there was a reason from them doing something bad, which also influenced the Chiefs and the way they moved. Yeah, going forward as well. There's, there's, there's so many different avenues we can take this conversation, and I'm sure we end up going down a few extras yeah. as we go on. But um, I'm excited to do this. It's different. It's it's very June content. Yeah, it, it is, is very June. June content. It's very June content. But we've just, we've just got to embrace June now, haven't we? Is it? Yeah. We're, we're in it. Right. Put it this way: this is the last podcast we have to record in June until next June. <laughs> yeah that is a good point yes, next time we record a podcast we'll be in the month of training camp yeah look at it that way yeah. that's how close we are to the season now and that's when next everybody month, else next month training camp begins yeah then the following then the following month the preseason begins then the following month the season begins we are close do you know what i think for us to really give some really good content over july Pete really needs us to fly over there and, and join a training camp and watch the gym. Really? Maybe. I, th- I think we should get on to him. Mind you, after what you spoke about him in the last podcast. Yeah. I don't think he'd be uh, welcoming us with open arms, put it that way. You know, there was no comeback from that at all. Was it not? No. I feel like, I feel like it will, will come, like revenge will be a dish best served cold later in the season towards me. But uh, right now he, t- he took the high ground 
And, it's a bit um, like Kenobi and Vader, is that what you're saying? Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah I, I have the high ground, Anakin. And um, hello there. Yeah, I underestimated <laughs> Pete's power. <laughs> so maybe, maybe nice Star Wars reference shoehorned in, like like old times, mate. Like old times. Yeah. A bit of short, a bit of uh, Star Wars in there. Anyway, should we get cracking with these five names? Because I've got five names and you've got five names. And yeah. I've got to be honest, I think your five names is better than mine, but we'll go through it. Okay. <laughs> we'll go through it. Um, let's get the let's get the usual one out of the way first. Yeah. And I okay. think it's something that we probably both agree on. Patrick Mahomes is one of the most influential players the Chiefs have had in the last decade because of who he is, what he's done. Yeah. And are you are you, are you saying are you saying that smashed. the guy the guy that was the first Chiefs quarterback taken in the first round in 30 odd years who won MVP in his first full season and led the Chiefs to a Super Bowl in his second full season is one of the most influential people in Chiefs history. That's if pretty influential. I think so. Yeah. yeah, I would say so. I would yeah. say so. What he's done for the city, you were even spouting earlier that he was potential, that he he has that much influence that he brought the World Cup to Kansas City. Exactly. That's how much influence this guy has. Yeah. Um, th- this one's not going to be lost on anyone. It's, it's Patrick freaking Mahomes, for Christ's sake. Everyone yeah. knows how, how, how influential he is. And, I'm already dreading life without my homes. Like I, I'm, <laughs> I, I know that we could be 17, 16, 17, 18 seasons away from life without my homes. But the way I see it is now is this, this is, this is sport peaking for me. This is, this is, this is the chiefs peaking. These next 15 years will be the best of my chief support in life. I've already had the best years in my Arsenal life. Yeah. And now I've seen the other side of the Arsenal one and it's not fun. It's yeah. just not as fun. Like I saw the greatest Premier League team ever and they were incredible. And ever since then, it's been good, but it's just not been as good. And this is what it's going to be like for life after my homes. Yeah. And so I, I sit here and I just try to savor everything, everything he does, whether that's playing football or I even sat and watched him play golf a few weeks ago, like three o'clock in the morning. Like I got up and watched that when he was playing with Josh Allen. Did you? Like, yeah, I'd like I was ill, so I woke up in the middle of the night and and I just put it on because I couldn't sleep. But I still watched it, and I didn't mind because I I hate golf, but I enjoyed it because it's Patrick Mahomes and there's yeah. there's there's and people have always said to me like I'm I'm sad for Patrick Mahomes like I I like I I, I have a man crush on him and yes yes I do we who doesn't do. have a man crush on Patrick Mahomes <laughs> like. You'd be mad not to, and he's he's Kansas City's favorite son, and yeah, he will be until the day he dies, um, which will hopefully be after I I do. So um, yeah, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> definitely the most influential take guy. Take me, take me before. Yeah, exactly. I will sacrifice myself for Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> put it this way. No, but you, Come you... on, Vecna, come get me. <laughs> Leave Patrick alone. No, but you're right. I mean, he has been influential, not just obviously for for the Chiefs, but obviously for the city. He's really kind of backed, or his, him and his wife are, um, have really kind of backed the women's soccer as well over there. That's been really influential. They've got to where they are with the backing that they've they've really supported mm-hmm. that that project. Yeah, um, he's he's got a stake in the Royals for goodness sake. You know, he's yeah. he's even brought in a Whataburger into Kansas City. Exactly. All he needs to do now to make his kind of legacy complete is get an NBA team in Kansas City. Do you think he? Do you think he has that power? I think he has. If he can bring a World Cup, he can bring an NBA team. Yeah, by that logic, absolutely. <laughs> um, I don't know if I want Casey to have an NBA team. Did you not see the 
the, the video of the guy, guy doing did. a backflip. The what? The video of the guy doing a backflip. No, no. I was about the mock-up of the guy that did the KC rain. Team. Okay. Did you see that? That's, no. I'd buy that jersey, and I'm not an NBA fan. It Till... was fire, mate. It was lovely. It was really nice. And I thought the branding on it was just on point. Yeah. Um, the name was brilliant. Rain is in, like, the reign of a king, reign of a monarch. Rain yeah, of yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was on point. I thought that has to be an NBA team. Do you know what? Like, part of me thinks, oh, yeah, it'd be great. But the other part of me thinks, actually, Kansas City and that whole area going into Kansas, uh, like, has such a close tie to college basketball yeah. that do, do they really need the pros there? Yes. Like, like, everyone loves the Jayhawks. Well, all the KU fans love the Jayhawks. Yeah. There's a few Mizzou fans, a few K-State. Do they really need an NBA team? And, like, if they had an NBA team, I don't even like. I would like them, I suppose, but I couldn't move teams. I'm 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 a Mavs boy. You're a Mavs boy. Aren't you? I am a Mavs boy since Dirk was drafted. So yeah, well, um, I'm still undrafted um, free agent at the minute. I, I haven't got a team. I'm I'm sat here wearing a six. You are literally wearing a 76ers jersey <laughs> as we record this podcast. I know, but Alan Iverson 76 76 76ers jersey you are wearing right now. It's lovely. It's 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 the nicest jersey I've ever seen on a, on an NBA team. So that's why I bought it. But you haven't it's got Iverson. a team. You haven't got a team. I haven't got a team. Alan Iverson, what a player he was. Yeah, great player, wasn't he? Oh. I've seen him on his highlights. <laughs> yeah. And you watched, you watched a documentary on Netflix once. Yeah, I did. Yeah. 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 Pretty good. Very now, good. I always remember an, an advert that Alan Iverson did years and years ago for Reebok, and it had him like dribbling down the street. And uh, he was all in black and a hoodie up, just dribbling down the street and just doing his thing because he's a hell of a, hell of a dribbler. And um, in the end, it showed him at a court. And I remember trying to like, mimic that when I was younger. It was like, I didn't record myself, obviously, but like trying to, whenever I walked to the court, I was constantly trying to like dribble like intensely the whole way like he was in his advert. Never worked. Always got said, run did over. Did you ever about. do it? Did you ever manage No, it? no, I almost got run over about 10 times doing it. But, um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we sidetracked again, haven't we? We do this quite a bit on yeah. the podcast. We sidetracked quite a bit. So we've agreed. Patrick Mahomes is one of the most top five influential chiefs ever. Well, yes. in the last decade, in mm-hmm. the last decade. Um, have you got one that you want to put forward? Yes. Aaron Matthew is one of the top five most influential chiefs in the last decade. Yes, I would agree with you there. Is he in your list, is he? He's in my list as well, yes. He's okay. It's going um, well. It's going well. The case, the case being that... The culture change that followed the 2018 season and that clear out after the debacle that what was the 2018 defence was huge. Yes, they bought in Steve Spagnuolo, but what they really needed to bring in was difference makers, culture changes. And I think Tyron Matthew was that guy. He, um, They talk about Frank Clark also being that guy, being that dog as well. But Tyron Matthew was was the alpha male in that in that um, defensive room, and he was the guy that really sparked the changes that the defense needed. So people can look to like how he left and the fact he didn't get another contract with the Chiefs. I forget all of that. I'm I'm thinking about what he did do for the the free season that he was in KC, yeah. and especially in that first year and the change around that the defense made to go from an absolute laughing stock to a, t- a defensive unit that made like some serious plays, some big time plays in the NFL playoffs and especially in the back end of the regular season as well. So mm-hmm. I think you'd be mad to uh, discount what Tyron Matthew done. Defensively, I don't think there is anyone more influential on the Chiefs for the last five, uh, 10 years mm-hmm. in terms of the impact that they made. Yes, there's players that have had better seasons, 
Marcus Peters' rookie year. Obviously, the Justin Houston 2014 season with 22 sacks, like monster seasons. But how much influence did they actually have on the Chiefs overall? We can talk about Derek Johnson being amazing for well for most of his career, but we're talking about the, the what he would have been like three or four years of this this this, this decade. We're talking about mm-hmm. incredible player, but how much influence did it actually have on the Chiefs' success? Very little compared to what Tyron Matthew has uh, done for the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I've got him. I've got Tyron Matthew on here as well. I mean, I originally actually thought I thought was you know was Eric Berry as influential, and it 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 really got me thinking about this because Eric Berry, yes, everything he went through and everything, and you know the the unity that he brought when he came back from obviously his illness that he had was was quite it, it was inspiring, wasn't it? It was really yes. was inspiring. But like you said, in terms of bringing something towards uh, the 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 um, the team as mm. as a whole and 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 really well, they ended up delivering making them believe mm. that they could uh that, you know they could really kind of go the whole the whole distance was yeah, yeah. I, I think his leadership was definitely on point there um so yeah that's why i put tyron matthew in over i'm gutted it didn't work for to work out for eric berry i am as well uh, like He's he's not becoming a forgotten player in Chiefs Kingdom, but I feel like he's becoming like an undervalued former Chief. Mm-hmm. And he certainly, I, if I had to name my top five favourite Chiefs players since I started supporting the team, Eric Berry's in it. Oh, I, yeah. would, I would say so. Eric Berry. The first jerseys I bought, Eric Patrick Berry. Ma- Eric Berry, Patrick Mahomes, Jamal Charles, Eric Johnson, and yeah. probably Tony G. Yeah. Um, were probably my top five. Not having, Kelsey in there, not, not having Kelsey in there. Like Eric Berry just, like, I miss Eric Berry. I really do. And we never hear from him anymore. Like he never comes, he's not on socials anymore. He doesn't do interviews. I'd love to know what his thoughts are on this current Chiefs crop of players. And like, you never hear, you never hear anything like I oh, saying, I'd love to play with, with this Chiefs team now. Like obviously when he left the Chiefs, people expected him to get picked up by, I know it seems like Dallas or whatever, but that never worked out for him for whatever reasons. Obviously, his 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 injuries were uh, too much to overcome. Mm. But I, just, I think it's sad that like since retirement, that we just don't hear from this guy. And then people people talk about Eric Berry, and all they bring up is the day to day stuff. Yeah. And that's all they can like. The first thing they talk about Eric Berry, they don't talk about how amazing he was as a player. They don't, like, and this is not everyone. This is just some people, by the way. There's a, a lot of people do appreciate for what he did, what he done. And they talk about obviously the, all the cancer stuff, all the playing stuff. But to some people, Eric Berry, it like it, it's just, oh, it's almost like every time they bring him up, all they mention is the day to day. It's just like a joke, mm. a joke thing. And that, that, that kind of, that's kind of sad to me that that's the way that Eric Berry is viewed upon by some, but only, I mean, a minority, but unfortunately with socials, you do see, you do see the minority. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, one of the most inspiring games I think I saw of Eric Berry was the, the Falcons game. Mm. Um, oh, where he was, he was phenomenal that day. Um, such a great player. And, and like you said, you know, he, leadership wise, he, he is up there. He is up there as one of the, you know, the leaders of the, the chief's team and chief mm. defense. And um, yeah, it's a shame. He just—it's it, it, almost like his career fizzled out, and he either lost the love of the game, or you know, he felt as though he couldn't do it anymore after after such a a, tor- a real terrible time that he had, obviously with the illness he had. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and giving it all to get back on the on the field, but then after that, just yeah, just kind of walking away from it all. It, it, yeah, it's sad. It really is sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and he should be respected a lot more. 